Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, IDP Army? What is up, fantasy football fanatics? Jermaine Jordan reigns at 50 Shades of Drunk. Do me a big favor before we jump into the top 10 most shocking nfl draft surprises things that we are going to talk about that are going to be strategies that are going to help us in our rookie drafts go ahead and like this video subscribe to the channel i promise you won't be mad that you did we have a good time and while you're at it go check out the podcast feeds we have two different podcast feeds with four five different podcasts depending on you know maybe some things that are cooking up in the background so we appreciate everybody that follows along there. But like I said, today we're not going to have a crazy deep dive into the NFL draft, but we are going to talk through some of our early thoughts now that the draft has wrapped up. We've had the you know undrafted free agency stuff has kind of started, and we're seeing teams settle into what they're going to be in the 2023 fantasy football season for us. So, Billy, how you doing, my guy? I'm doing good. It was a whirlwind weekend here. Um, there was, I mean, there, there's so much to talk about. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how we're going to cut it to 10, but we're, we'll get there. I, I have, well, you know, highlights. 10, that's just, that's just for the SEO. You know, we'll talk. I, was say, I got, I got 50 if we need to 60 maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, year three, I finally wised up to the fact that, you know, the words that are written in the description don't actually have to match up the content. Isn't that crazy? Took me a while to figure that out, but, uh, 10, 20, whatever. Sure. We will put timestamps in this because it will be kind of long and we're going to start putting timestamps in more stuff. Now that we're getting that time of the year where, you know, these decisions are going to start to be solidified. You know, there's going to be a little less time, a little less uh, market moving so that you can maybe correct or adjust mistakes or perceived, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, well, the right word would be investments into your fantasy future. So let's just get right into it, man. The draft started out round one. We had a live stream, four hours. It's all on the channel. Y'all can go back and watch it if you want. But let's just talk about that first round. And we're going to go offense first. We're going to go position by position. We're going to go defense position by position. And we're going to work our way through and just until we're done. So let's just start round one. Let's start quarterbacks. Um, just go ahead and talk to me. Okay. Um, obviously, I think the biggest winner was Anthony Richardson, as we kind of talked about on the live stream. Um, him being put in Indianapolis is just, I mean, it's a dream come true. Shane Steichen worked with Justin Herbert. He worked with Jalen Hurts. And those are, you know, two of the top quarterbacks in the league. And now he's getting a fresh clay to mold in Anthony Richardson. And I mean, it just couldn't have worked out any better. Honestly, if you're in a super flex league, this is your 101. I know Bryce Young and CJ Stroud got the higher draft capital, which is going to be a talking point for a lot of people. Seen a few things on the timeline about like uh, the Colts maybe wanting to pick Will Levis if Anthony Richardson wasn't available. So maybe that's a problem in some way. But I think that was just them having a backup plan. So I think Anthony Richardson is the real deal. I realize that he only started 13 games in college, which is a little scary. It is a little scary. But at the same time, he is the one-on-one. He's got every tool that you need. He's going to make a major impact as soon as he gets on the field. 
Yeah, and that's kind of where I was too. You know, it's it just really was the landing pot, the spot dependent for him. Everyone's like, oh, Bijan's the one-on-one. Bijan's the one-on-one. And I'm just like, I just disagree. <clears throat> I'm not going to get on Twitter and start arguing with people, fighting with people, necessarily talking with, with people about it. But I just don't agree. You know, I do not think that Bijan is the one-on-one in Superflex. I think that it should have been or could have been Anthony Richardson before it even was Anthony Richardson. Um, but when he got drafted the Colts, it's just the only thing that makes any sense is for him to be the one-on-one. The most upside, uh, the most raw athletic guy, but not even raw. It's like it's it's polished athleticism. It's top-end athleticism. So it's not somebody that I'm going to be wanting to shy away from in my rookie drafts. And at 101, I mean, I think about a couple of years ago, all the all that I saw people give up to get Trey Lance. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have one bad year with Trey Lance. And, you know, people are kind of falling off a little bit now, you know, like, oh, and like, we're a little down on Jalen Hurts. But when a guy fits the mold, just get him on your team and see what happens. That's kind of where I'm at. So CJ Stroud, um, Bryce Young, and then Will Levis, next guy's off the board there at uh, quarterback. What do you what do you think Will Levis is going to kind of be in this in these rookie drafts? Or what, what kind of order do you think we're going to see in these rookie drafts? Maybe that's what I want to ask well, you. Because I think we're in rookie drafts right now, you know? Right, yeah. We have one starting literally in 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> but I think I think Anthony Richardson and a super flex draft would be number one, um, obviously. I Honestly, after that, though, I think you got Bijan. You've got uh, a conversation about who that next pick will be. I don't think it – you know, that's how I would personally do it. Um, but I can see why other people may – well, I want to talk. I want to talk. Yeah. Okay, maybe I maybe I phrase that wrong. What do you think about this quarterback situation? So it's super flex, and we know Anthony Richardson and by uh, Bryce Young are probably going to go quick. You know, the CJ Stroud. But every year, you know, in your drafts, it's easy. Yeah. You know, in the off season to be like, oh, this is what'll happen. This will happen. But every year, somebody very meaningful players fall. Um, yeah. I have a feeling oh, okay. Will Levis is going to be that guy this year. That's going to be available a lot later than he should be. You know, and to think about this, the, the the Colts were talking about taking him at 102. So the draft capital in the NFL makes us push him down rookie boards. You know, I'm looking here in this draft, I'm 112. You know, I won the league, no big deal. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe I'll take Will Levis. This isn't a super flex, but in at the 112, you know, it's, it's unlikely that he'll be there. But I think there are, are leagues where he will be there. And I think he's going to be a massive value of these quarterbacks. I, I mean, I did my rankings of what I thought super flex drafts, and I had him at the 205 in a 12-man league. Because, A, I don't think he's going to get on the field right away. B, don't think he's great. I think there's a big reason why he fell into the second round. I mean, we, we've we seen players in the past that have overcome the second-round draft value, J- Jalen Hurts being one of them. But it took a lot to get to the point where Jalen Hurts was actually playing football like I don't think people remember that he didn't just they weren't like okay we're gonna hand you the reins I mean they 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 weren't they just weren't gonna pay Carson Wentz anymore which it's like okay but I'm just saying like I don't think Will Evans gets on the field right away because I think they're gonna still start Ryan Tannehill and I think he's still got development problems he's still got to get to a point where they feel comfortable actually putting him out there to start I, I don't think he's gonna be good right away I don't think he's gonna be good at all but I mean eventually he might turn into something Tennessee not the greatest hub for making quarterbacks better as we saw with Malik Willis um I don't I don't know I I don't like this for him I have him as my biggest loser of the draft because 
I don't like where he landed, and I don't like how far he fell. I, I don't love that. All right, all right. Well, there you go. There's two different opinions. I, I, I'm looking at him kind of as a guy that, you know, I, you know me. I'm always talking about how I don't have many first-round picks, you know. So I look for these guys like this that could have potentially been top-end guys, and they go in the second round. That's kind of how I attack my rookie drafts. But uh, interesting. It concerns really me that nobody went up for him at the end of the first round to get that fifth-year option for a quarterback. That that concerns me a lot. I know there was talks or whatever that they were hoping they didn't do it. Like that's the thing. They did not do it. So I, I'm. It's a red flag for me, for sure. Fair, fair. All right. Any any other thoughts about the quarterback? You know, I mean, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time here. We are going to yeah. cover all the positions. But talk to me about Bryce Young. Talk to me about Stroud. Talk to me about Hooker. Just give me kind of an overall overall kind of picture of this, of how this draft went and how you think it's going to affect the players that are already there and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I had two more quarterbacks I wanted to touch on that went later. Hendon Hooker is one. Um, we kind of – think Jared Goff's days eventually are going to be numbered, but this couldn't work out better for Hendon Hooker. He ended up behind Jared Goff. They know he's not, he knows he's not going to start right away. Jared Goff knows he's not going to start like this year. I think it's a good chance for him to get into an offense where he can develop, he can learn the plays, he can learn what they want to do, and then just seamlessly take over for Jared Goff when they're done. I don't think they're going to re-sign Jared Goff again. And I think they just leave it to Hendon Hooker to take it from there. And then I wanted to mention what the Rams did. They took Stetson Bennett, and I'm utterly confused at why everybody considered this a big win for the Rams. Because, A, he's older than Tua. He's older than Justin Herbert. He's older than Jalen Hurts. Like, and he's not good. So I don't, you know, he, they took him in the fourth round of the draft, which makes you think like, oh, well, they only had four or five picks. That must mean that they're going to try to get him out there right away. For what? He's not going to win you anything. Like, it's not like the Rams are going to, like, a quarterback away or they're even competing. Like, I don't really get what the, what they were doing with this. It makes no sense to me that they took him this high. And I don't really get what, you know, the whole process is behind why they why they took Stetson Bennett. So that was a really confusing one to me. I, I don't think people should fall for it. I mean, there is a chance Matt Stafford doesn't play this year because of the neck injuries, but I don't really get why they took him. I, I, that Don't fall for it is what I'm, I'm trying to say, I guess, in short layman's terms. Yeah, I don't know. He's not going to end up on the back end of any of my teams. Um, he's a guy that won't. Yeah, he won't. You know, I just don't. I know the Rams are. <clears throat> I don't know. That just looks like a pick that they didn't really know what to do with. Kind of like you said. He's, he's like, going to be thirty at the end of his rookie contract. That's not a joke. He's thirty years old at the end of the rookie contract. Yeah, that, that's no bueno. That's no dice. In the fourth um, okay. Round. What did oh, you yeah. think about Mingo ending up with Bryce Young in Carolina? Because obviously Mingo getting drafted or, you know, Young ending up there is, you know, cool or whatever. But it's like there's not really any weapons there per se. You know, Miles Sanders right. and then dot, dot, yeah. dot, like what? So I Mingo, mean, they add Mingo at the top of the second. What are your thoughts on that kind of mesh? How does he fit in that offense? So, I mean, I think he's got a chance to be the wide receiver, too, right away. I still think they're going to lean on Adam Thielen, even though he's old. I mean, he's going to get the most amount of targets, I think, right out the gate. But after yeah. that, <clears throat> there's a wide gulf between, like, the Terrace Marshalls, the LaVisca Chenaults of the world. And this leaves Mingo a perfect chance to get in there and get his hands dirty pretty fast. I don't see how behind Miles Sanders and Thielen there's not a hard, you know, a large target share. 
And there's a good chance because of rookie mini camps and all that, that Mingo and Bryce Young are going to get in there and make, you know, some kind of connection right away, which I think is going to be very powerful for, for him uh, starting out in the league. And I think we could see value from him right away. I, I was just in the best ball mania for draft last night. I got into one and Mingo's going really late. And I think that he's potentially, a, you know, a steal that hasn't caught up yet because they don't really have, I don't think an accurate projection for him for being no. a second round pick and for being on a team that needs a wide receiver. Yeah. Listen, y'all, we're going to get to Mingo in a minute, but just think about this. Like he's in a great opportunity. He rose during the draft process after kind of falling during his college career because the production wasn't necessarily there, but the talent is obviously there. Um, and he, the, you know, the, the, uh, the hype kind of built up around him. First wide receiver taken day two. We've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the wide receivers right now that are at the top of dynasty rankings were day two guys. AJ Brown was a day two guy. Justin Jefferson wasn't a day two guy, but you know, he's pretty far down. I mean, in this draft, he would have been a day two guy, right? I mean, how many guys went basically? I think he was the fifth guy taken. He would have been a day two guy. Yeah. So you have to think about these things. And I know it's actually not as big as an issue as it used to be two, three years ago on, I say draft and fantasy Twitter, because that's where most of the conversation happens. Draft capital was, I mean, it was it was it. I mean, it was the holy trinity was draft capital, dominator rating, and then a, what was it, hand size, 40 pounds? I don't know. It's, it always changes, though, for these people who claim to cling so tightly to these religions and these metrics. It changes. Um, just like Bijan was the 101 when we had four quarterbacks coming out. You know, it just shifts. So just be aware of the fact that just because Jonathan Mingo wasn't cool, maybe so-and-so wasn't high on him two, three weeks ago, in six months, when you flip on your Twitter and that person's gassing him up, they're not going to apologize to you for you not drafting him. Yeah. They won't. Literally, you it'll take one. Decision. You got to see what's happening out here around you, and you got to you know attack. Um, Jonathan, it'll take one video play. from uh, rookie mini camp of Bryce Young Domingo, and then suddenly Twitter's going to be like, oh, "Sleeper, yeah. sleeper, sleeper." Yeah, he'll be a top three. You know, he, he, I mean, like JSN people listening to people try to say that JSN is the top rookie wide receiver. I'm just like, no, sorry, literally, no. I don't care how good he. I don't care whatever. No, 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 no. He has two elite wide receivers on his team, not mm -hmm. bums. Not guys that have to prove anything. Right. Two guys that if they say we don't want him on the field, they will he won't get on the field. Like it's like that. Okay. That two, three years from now, you know, he might be good. He might be doing some serious thing. He might be the next Doug Baldwin if you're lucky. I don't want it. That ain't for me. So I'm gonna be taking a lot of Jordan Addison. I'm gonna be looking into a lot of uh Mingo. You know what I mean? Because situations change. Mm -hmm. The thing with Jordan Addison, too, is people are like, oh, Jordan Addison, you know, Justin Jefferson, you'll always be number two. Always be the number two until what? Justin Jefferson tears his ACL, gets offered a massive contract somewhere else. I mean, he's almost done with his rookie deal. I mean, things move in the NFL, you know. This isn't a static yeah. thing. So, um, anyway, that was a long Mingo rant. I just say that because we were on Mingo. I was, I feel like I was on Mingo. And I didn't know, you know, I always say this, I don't watch college football. I don't have any priors. I just see what I see, and I'm like, I like that. I like what I see. And I saw Jonathan yeah. Mingo, and I was like, that's my motherfucking dude right there. Like, I know something's happening here. I don't care what so-and-so sure. what his butt over there say about him. I don't trust those people. They told me to draft Nikhil Harry and Akeem Butler. <laughs> Not wrong. Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager. 
I don't trust him. I'll hang with him. I like him. We'll have a good conversation. But I don't trust you. So, anyway, let's move on out of these quarterbacks slash wide receivers. Let's talk about the running backs. Okay, two guys taken. Day one, Bijan, Jameer Gibbs. You want to touch on all the wide receivers or no? Well, we can go straight to wide receivers. Longer conversation. Oh, okay. Well, then we can get running backs then. If you yeah, want. I want to hit. I want to hit the running backs because okay. when we get start getting bogged down, you know how I am. Like I just won't stop. So I feel you. Okay. So let's talk well, let's about running backs. Yeah, because it'll be a handful. It'll be a lot faster. Bijan Gibbs, talk to me. What do you think? Okay. Uh, Bijan, obvious one on one in non super flex drafts. Obviously, I mean he's going to have a huge share of the workload. I mean Joe said it a million times, like. Falcons want to run and they finally have a running back that they can trust on the field for all four downs, like, or, you know, as much as he can be out there. Um, Tyler Algier, this was a huge loss for him. I mean, take, he's going to have to take the L there, unfortunately. And uh, Gibbs, while it started out looking like, why the f- did they do that? I think I have come around to actually, it makes a lot of sense. Like, I, think that David Montgomery there is going to muddy the waters at first, but I think as the year goes on, it's going to be kind of a, a, a wash. I think you're still going to get a lot of value out of Jameer Gibbs now that Swift is for sure gone to the Eagles. I think that this opens the door wider for Gibbs to get on the field more often. I think David Montgomery is going to fill that Jamal Williams role, which is scary for Gibbs because that's a lot of touchdowns left on the table. But, you know, if Gibbs is better than Swift – that could mean the touchdowns don't end up in David Montgomery's hands as often. So I think that this is a good opportunity for Swift or for Gibbs. And I still think he's the one Oh two now, like for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, Gibbs is uh, everybody took, you know, they had their day where they just dog the lions, every smart guy, you know, everyone with a PFF subscription, um, whatever, uh, but it's mm-hmm. over now. You know, they they made their move. They got their guy. They got a younger running back. They're going to get a lot of work out of him. Yeah, they probably drafted him a little high. But the reality is this team isn't isn't a bad team, you know, and they the positions they need help at are linebacker and they need running back help. I mean, I, it's goofy. You know, it's not normal to just actually address the position you need at your organization right. in the NFL draft. I know it's crazy to actually do that. You know, but in a, you know, especially when the outside pressures are to do all the plus EV things instead, you mm-hmm. know, so that the next guy coming in, he gets, you know, he gets all the players up and coming on the good contracts and he gets to get all that. Um, but I, I'm, you know, we saw them move on from Swift. We kind of knew they wanted to do that. I like Jameer Gibbs uh, here a lot. I, I think you're right, though. It's not, I mean, for fantasy, we're going to throw a big old bitch fit, but who cares? I mean, the Lions are a good team. They have great players. They added a great player. I, I love it for them overall. Bijan, I think his ceiling is kind of going to be similar to what we saw, honestly, from rookie CMC, where it's like we know he's good, we know he's the best, but it's just like your team is shit, okay? And I don't care how good their offensive line is in Atlanta. I don't care. What, I mean, blah. the offense is young and they have a bad rough. quarterback. Rough, you know, what I mean, it's young and rough. You know, these guys aren't, you know, there's no real veteran presence that's like, this is how we do this. There's nobody like that. The quarterback is, I mean, he's a puppet. We know he's not really there. So it's like, there's no real, I don't know, you know, the sync, the synthesis that comes together when you're on a team with guys and you're like, all right, let's go do this. Like, I know what you can do. I know when you're like, that's not there yet. They got a bunch of guys that can play really good football. Hopefully they can all stay healthy this year. Hopefully they do well enough to make fantasy managers happy 
and bad enough so that they can go get an actual good quarterback next year. Um, and that's kind of the best scenario. So I think G- Bijan this season, I think his, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot like Jonathan Taylor's rookie season, you know, or CMC's where it's like, or even Jacob, Josh Jacobs, where it's like, yeah, he's the top guy on the board. Yeah, he's the best, blah, blah. That does not mean that he is a guaranteed lock for a top three, even a top five fantasy finish. And I think that if you draft him thinking that or hoping that, I think that it's a lot closer to like a 60-40, where it's 40 going that way, not 60. Well, I think the, your biggest hope for Bijan is if you're in like a regular redraft league is that you can get him on the turn like 12 to one turn because that's honestly where you're gonna get the best value for Bijan, in my opinion if you do draft him in the top six you're hoping you're hoping a lot is gonna happen because like if you if you end up taking him before say like tyreek hill and he doesn't do as well as tyreek hill you're gonna feel really dumb um by the end of that because you're gonna be like well i knew this i thought this was gonna happen but like i I thought maybe this was gonna work out differently but if you take him on the one two you know the one two turn it's like okay i only thought of him as the 12th or you know 13th best player which is okay that is an okay ceiling for him um in your expectations at least yeah actually looking back on rookie running backs now it's actually crazy i'm trying to think i mean besides saquon and zeke They've all pretty much been not great. I mean, Fournette. We haven't um, had one in a while. Gurley was injured when he was a rookie, but um, Derrick Henry didn't do shit as a rookie. Derrick Henry didn't do shit the first three years he was in the league. He was a, he was a second but, round pick. A lot of people forget Derrick Henry was not a slam dunk first round, like off the Robin board. Gordon, same thing. Same right. thing. So, yeah, um, Taylor we're not also shading Bijan Robinson, the talent. Okay, we're not right. shading Bijan Robinson, the fantasy player. We're shading the idea that Bijan Robinson is going to be that last piece of your Infinity Stone this year, or even a piece of that Infinity Stone this year. Um, I think safe, just don't overthink it. Be fine. Back end running back one, a high end back end running back one. If he's lucky. That should be like seriously. Don't overthink it. That should be your expectation. Honestly. Um, All right, let's move into round two. Uh, well, quickly, Space Monkey Mafia here. Appreciate the comments. Anybody watching, feel free to comment. We'll bring them up. We'd like to talk and converse with y'all. But biggest takeaway for me was RB was the fact that Pollard and Pacheco avoided competition landmines. I've been trying I to actually tell people. Have written, I have this written down, Pacheco too. Pacheco is the real deal. The real deal. Yes. I actually have this. You can go trade for him already. I have this exact thing written down about people that avoided competition landmines, um, right, in my opinion. Damian Pierce, well, the Pollard and Pacheco, I, I have those. Uh, Damian Pierce, because he only has Devin Singletary there, and they didn't address the position in the draft, so Damian Pierce should get the first crack. James Conner, they didn't add anybody. Behind James Conner right now is Keontae Ingram. Guys, like everybody out there, you need, you need to uh, uh, take the hint about James Conner. They clearly are going to work him into the ground this season. So, like, I don't want to say this is a Josh Jacobs situation, but they didn't add anything meaningful to the running back room for now. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, free agents out there they could add. Uh, Javante Williams, they added P. Ryan, but they did not add anything behind him. Cam Akers, surprisingly. They did add Zach Evans, but as I've been telling everybody out there, Zach Evans is not it. And the fact that they added him in the sixth round or fifth round, whatever, does not mean that Cam Akers is in trouble. I think this means further that Cam Akers is you know, solidified. Um, 
you got three more miles sanders there didn't add anything to him chuba hubbard's number two as jordan will tell you chuba hubbard ain't that guy so miles sanders is still the number one i was uh, here Jay- when chuba hubbard was the Debbie running back one okay that's you all I was here for And that's the running back two in Carolina. So you don't have anything to worry about there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, they didn't add anybody in Oakland. Oakland, woof. uh, Las Vegas. So he's good. And then the third and final one, or last one, is Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford. They didn't add anybody there. They could still bring Kareem Hunt back, but they haven't yet. But they didn't add anybody in the draft in Cleveland for running back. So you've got the Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford. If you have Jerome Ford on your bench, He's good to stay there for a little while longer because it looks like at least they're going into the season with him as number two on the running back depth chart. All right, let's just talk about what people actually want to talk about. What about the top two running backs from last year? Brees Hall uh, with the Israel, what is his name, guy, got drafted there kind of late. Yeah, but then also we had Zach Charbonnet go in behind Kenneth Walker. I love it. I think people, again, it's kind of like the game thing. They're way overreacting. What's one of the only positions that the Seahawks need help at? running back and then i also saw i think it was a sharp analytics uh, we talked about him a couple of times you know over at the ringer uh you know he said oh nobody's drafted more running backs in seattle since 2016 and i'm like yeah but look at who they've had i mean every one of those guys has gotten hurt it's like rawls collins uh christine michael um dj dallas chris carson Rashad, Rashad Penny. um and that's just the ones i could think of and that i mean we know there's a lot more guys i mean Carlos Hyde was there for a second too, right? I mean, there's just so many guys who have been there that these things have not worked out. I mean, just, you know, they haven't gotten a guy who's durable yet. Zach Charbonnet looks pretty durable to me. You know, I've seen Kenneth Walker run. He looks like he runs like Thomas Rawls and Christine Michael. So if I'm Pete Carroll and I see a big-ass second-round running back sitting there and I need a running back, my number two running back, again, is DJ Dallas. Let me say Mm -hmm. that again. Our number two running back is DJ Dallas. I'm going to take him. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just do it. I don't think this is going to – I mean, it's like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Aaron Jones. But the thing is, and I, from what I know about Pete Carroll is, he likes Kenneth Walker. He's going to give – Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy. He's not going to overcomplicate like some of these coaches. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that Chabernet – Chabernet? Chabernet? Chabernet. 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 Uh, working on the service industry is ruining my life right now. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's going to get work, but he's not going to get a lot of touches. I feel like he's probably going to be like maybe get 30% of the, the snaps, carries, kind of something like that. Well, I was thinking if they ran 30 times in a game, it would probably be like 18, 19 for Walker, 11 maybe for Charbonnet. Yeah, I wouldn't even give him 11. I'd give him like six, and then I'd give DJ Dallas a couple because that's what Pete does. He gets everybody out there. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, but, but I think the, the main thing to take away is don't let it scare you off Kenneth Walker. I saw people like, oh, Kenneth Walker's my dynasty running back 14 now. I'm like, he dropped <laughs> down to 14 because they drafted a second round running back? Like, talk about a little bit of overreaction. Yeah, quite a bit. So, I feel bad for Sean, though. I was hoping he would go somewhere where he could be featured, but it's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Well, okay, let's just let's play this out. So let's say the Seahawks are cursed, and let's say Kenneth Walker does get hurt again. Guess who's going to be a big fucking deal all of a sudden? Like who, well, who I mean, we should Well, I mean, really what happened. They had Rashard Penny last year, and then Kenneth Walker was there too, and then Penny goes down and Walker was, was the guy. So. Draft him. If you Literally. have Kenneth Walker, you should just draft Jack Sarbonnet. It's simple. Like, And that's the other thing, too. In Dynasty, everybody's like, oh, I want to get the next big thing. No, solidify your positions. 
Draft your quarterbacks backups. Draft your running backs backups. If you got a stud, get his backup. Make sure you lock up that backfield. Don't let somebody else sit on a you know a guy whose value is going to spike you know massively overnight. He needs to be sitting on your bench so you don't have to freak out when that happens. And you just you know what, Kenneth Walker, you take a week, take two or three. I got a spot for you. Zach's been keeping it warm on the bench. I mean, this is dynasty. Think, use your head, y'all. Um, okay, any other thoughts on these on the running back situations? Um, I'm not really in the market for a running back, so I didn't pay over much attention, but I'm interested in what you – I saw Kendra – I, I got a few. Uh, Kendra yeah. Miller was one. He lands with New Orleans. It's a perfect landing spot. If they really do – you know, they've been hinting at maybe moving on from Alvin Kamara. Kendra Miller is perfect to fit in that role. And if he honestly gets the fair shake that he should, then – Kendra Miller is going to be a steal. I think he should be looked at, you know, early second round of super flex drafts, maybe even the back half of the first, because really? I, think he's, I think he's going to get on the field very quickly there. I really do. Wow, that's, that's bullish. That's very bullish. Yeah. Well, the Saints were a really good landing spot for running back. Um, I got a couple more. Roshan Johnson landed with uh, Chicago. Roshan Johnson is really freaking good, and I know that they have Khalil Herbert. I know they have Dante Foreman. I understand all that. I just think talent is going to win out, and Roshan Johnson, I think, is better than both of them, and he's going to get eventually the lion's share of the work there. I, I just personally think that. Right in the heart of my of my uh, Khalil Herbert love out here. See, I have Dante Foreman, so I feel it. But I, they the worst case there scenario. No, for okay, that's I'm glad you have Dante Foreman. Khalil Herbert, way different, way different. He's he was a sixth sixth round running back, so I hope he's special. But uh, also got Ty J Spears. He ends up in Tennessee. I know he was the draft darling for every literally everyone out there. They wanted to make him the RB one. He lands with Tennessee, which is like, damn, that's a pretty damn good spot because Derrick Henry, although he's a cyborg, he's eventually going to go down. He's eventually going to power down, and they're going to put him back on the shelf. And Tajay Spears is now, you know, the heir apparent there um, to take over. Two more. I got Deuce Vaughn in Dallas. Pollard did not get any kind of, you know, crack at his work share there at all because they didn't add anybody really. But they did add Deuce Vaughn, and he's a very dynamic player. I think he's going to get on the field. Don't know if he's going to take any meaningful snaps, but it's somebody to watch at least. And then where'd he end up? Dallas. Dallas. So they have yeah. Pollard, Vaughn. Anybody else right now? No, I think they're going to bring back Zeke. I really do, but at the yeah. same time, I don't think that's a Vaughn share. You know, he's like five nine, like not necessarily. Well, is he like, the, is he like a Naeem Himes comp. Like, what are we looking at here? Uh, he's Darren Sproles. Um, he's so more like Hines. a speedy quick yeah i guess he's not as tall as heinz but i mean he's uh he's gonna he's going to make some plays though basically he's not just a throwaway sure. piece necessarily no i don't think okay. so and then okay. it, his dad also works for the team there's that really emotional video where his dad ends up calling him and getting him drafted and i don't know that might mean that he gets a little bit of a yeah, bigger so help there he's more of a stash though would you say like how would you categorize him stash but like if somebody gets hurt this season he could be on the field quick um okay. and then the last one i have for the winner is tank bigsby for jacksonville a lot of people are still on the travis etienne train but i'm here to tell you tank bigsby right. is uh is a guy that should you know should be getting in there and getting some of those touches especially goal line work i think they're gonna trust him last year they were using 
uh, Etienne, and I forgot some one other player. I forgot who it was now off the top of my head. But Jamichael the Hastings. reason, yes, there you go, Jamichael Hastings. <laughs> Bigsby, yes, actually it was. You're right, and if Bigsby's better than him, so Bigsby's going to get on the field. I think he's somebody that people need to be worried about. Travis Etienne, he's just Travis Etienne is just another DeAndre Swift, who's just another Miles fucking Sanders. You know, these guys who get shoved up into the top ten of dynasty running backs, and they literally will spend their entire career never actually having finished anywhere close in a single season to that. Travis Etienne, ladies and gentlemen, I'm having some Tank Bisbee again. That's why these second round picks are going to be juicy. You know, Travis. You know, maybe Tank Bisbee doesn't do anything this year. But next year, when they don't pick up O'Goober's fifth-year option, and he run off somewhere, and Tank Bigsby is looking at 340 touches on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, this past year, so <laughs> there's nothing stopping Bigsby other than potentially Travis Etienne getting a couple touches. He wasn't even getting that many touches if you look back at it. Like that's, that, that's a work. I, I, I heard he was special. I heard he was People special. thought that. Well, the answer is clear. Stop focusing on trying to please an unpleasable group of losers on Twitter. People don't forget. We never use our drops, but we should. <laughs> Definitely. Should. All right, all right, all right. Um, talk to me about a chain, Devin a chain, because that's another guy that I think I'm going to be getting a lot. Well, in the, the problem is he ended up in where all running backs go to be a part of a work a part of a work share like he, he landed in Miami which they already have most or they already have Jeff Wilson I'm pretty sure they have like five other dudes down there they it's a you're getting a slice, a of, it, slice of pie. I don't I mean, understand I, his, I'm gonna say something I slice think just from a personal perspective I think that like the 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 group running back thing as like a knock isn't really a thing because every team has a multiple group of guys and depending on a game, they may choose to engage more players or less. Now, some teams don't do that because the talent isn't as good, but I don't want to hold it against a chain that he ended up on a team that has amazing, talented players all around him. All I see is a guy who, when he gets his touches, has an even higher opportunity of cashing in on them because of his talent, because of the talent of people around him. Now, you know, I know it's it's hard sometimes to that balance between like, is he going to be really good or should I get a lot of volume? And I I think I know what you're saying, because, you know, Mostert's awesome. You know, we we know he could be amazing on a per touch basis. Jeff Wilson gets it done, you know. but the reality and is Michael Daniels and Waddle are both going to get touches too. So. The reality is Mike McDaniels isn't going to put a single player on his team that isn't going to be worthy of touches. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just one of those coaches. That's kind of like Kyle Shanahan where it's just like everyone on the offense is worthy of touches. Same with the Chiefs. I mean, really, if Andy Reid decides to highlight somebody, they're going to have a game because Patrick Mahomes is throwing them the ball. So I don't want to hold it against him that he's surrounded by that much talent. And I, that's just, I just want to say that from my perspective, I don't knock him for his situation necessarily. Um, I think it's a, 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 it's a high, it's like a fucking crazy high powered offense. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I wanted to, I wanted to jump in there just cause you kind of started. No, I mean, you're not wrong. And he did get a pretty high. I mean, the, the dolphins only had like four or five picks this whole draft. So the fact that they used one on him, should mean mm-hmm. that, you know, Mike McDaniels was on the hunt for somebody of his stature. I just, 
I, I hate that it's a big pie and he slices the pieces so thin because then it's like, I don't even know when you're going to be able to tell people to play him week to week. I mean, if you're just hoping for a flex position, I guess, but I don't know. It's just tough for me to tell people to play him because you don't, you won't know when it's going to be his week to be featured. That, that's the frustrating part. That's the part of fan. That's the part of fantasy though. Again, I would just rather have him on my team, you know? And again, if you I draft mean, him, that part, you're not wrong, especially dynasty. Yeah, as a high-end dynasty flex, I mean, yeah, he's gonna he's could be great. I mean, that's what I want. You know, I want a guy. I mean, I had Brian Robinson in that league I pulled up here. I mean, that's what he was, a flex one with them, you know, mm-hmm. rookie. I mean, I didn't expect a lot. You don't have to have a lot, you just have to have some contributions. So uh all right, any other running backs that we need to touch on before we jump into the wide receivers? Mm. I don't really have anybody. I wish Izzy Israel Abaconda had not ended up with the Jets. I think that's going to be frustrating. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it. Oh, it's one hundred percent going to be frustrating. It already is frustrating. I mean, yeah, let's just be real. So, all right, let's talk about wide receivers. Um, do you want to just? I'll, I'll I'll hand it off to you. Go. Okay, I got a lot written down, so let's just go through it. All right, uh, I'll just pause so that you can make comments. Uh, Jordan Addison, I think, is number one. He ended up in a great spot. He has the, you know, the way to go right away um, behind Justin Jefferson. He, Kirk Cousins cannot throw every ball in on the entire offense to Justin Jefferson, so he's going to need a valuable number two. We saw that with Adam Thielen. And I think that Addison has a chance to fill that role. I don't think it's going to be KJ Osborne. I think it's going to be Jordan Addison sooner rather than later for them. Um, we already talked about Jonathan Mingo in Carolina. Perfect spot for him to end up. He's going to be in rookie minicamp with Bryce Young, number one overall pick. So that's going to get him touches early and often, I think. And, you know, although, you know, eventually I think it's going to be Adam Thielen's work they don't really have a tight end there either so i think there's a good chance mingo could be second in line for touches maybe you're fighting with sanders i don't know exactly how they're going to run that offense but um he could be number two um as far as touches go um all right going to kc they drafted a second round wide receiver in rasheed rice now we've been down this road in the past where kc goes with a wide receiver we get all really hyped and he ends up being sky Moore. i i and completely for the record show i was never for a single second hype about sky Moore. there were people on twitter that were very hype about sky Moore. all right and i won't mention any names i got in some arguments with some of them well the answer is clear stop focusing on trying to please an unpleasable group of losers on twitter and I, and I held my ground. I said, I don't give a fuck about what your opinion on Skymore is about all his deep metrics. I don't believe he's going to be any good. And you can argue that he's a great pick in round six till the fucking cows come home. You're an idiot. And guess who was right? Okay, anyway. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but they did draft him in the second round. round. A best ball in redraft. This wasn't no, like, pick him late and dine. This was, like, waste a pick kind of shit people were right. arguing. Smart people right. were arguing. So... You got Kadarius Tony there. I think he's probably the number one to at least start out the season. Um, but I think there's a chance that Rasheed Rice could make, you know, a potential. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Move to be one of the uh, premier pass catchers on the team. Still got Kelsey there. You still got the running backs. I hope they signed Jarek McKinnon back because I liked his role on that offense. But I think Rasheed Rice has a chance, at least out of the wide receiver group, to be, you know, the number one there. Isaiah Pacheco is good, so I, they don't necessarily need McKinnon. But, you know, that uh, work workload is there for the wide receivers for Rasheed Rice. So I think that is a guy that we should be paying attention to. Um, Tank yeah, Dell. Well, think about this. People went, ran, ran. People sprinted to draft Miko Hardman 105 in Superflex. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because we were scared Tyreek Hill might disappear. So it makes you wonder, like, is this a massive value sort of arbitrage opportunity? The fact that he, Rasheed Rice, isn't screaming up boards just by that proximity. And I think what happened was so many people, I mean, everybody wanted to say Tyreek's gone, so this is my guy, Sky Moore. Exactly. I mean, Sky Moore is going to get all the targets. Or And then there was that one guy, you know, was like, well, it's going to be Scantling. Or then there was the one other guy who was like, well, it'll be this guy. And they were all wrong. It was Kelsey. So now, because yep. they've all burnt, nobody wants to even peek <clears throat> about Rasheed Rice. I hear a little Justin Ross talk out here. I mean, please stop. Like, please, please, like, just turn in your badge. Um, that's not happening. So we have a huge arbitrage point right here with Rasheed Rice, a player the Chiefs drafted. They want him. I mean, they didn't have to take him. They took wide receiver. They got all kinds of wide receivers running around out there. They picked him. And everybody's quiet as a motherfucking church mouse out here because they were wrong all these other times. So Nobody wants to be the first one to say it. But let's be the first people to say it. Rasheed let's Rice is say it. Jonathan gonna Mingo and Rasheed Rice are going to be the two top rookie wide receivers in this class from this for this year. Wow. Okay. Well, that's for this year. Jordan Addison. I mean, he'll be close, but okay. I was about to say I feel like Addison, but you're right. Top three for sure. Um, all right. And Rasheed Rice is going to do everything. Everything they said that Sky Moore was going to do that they won't say that Rasheed Rice is going to do. Rasheed Rice is going to do. I think so. I wasn't super impressed with him when we were, he was at the Senior Bowl, but he's got Patrick that's Mahomes true. now. There's. No, I say that I, I'm actually I'm actually a lot more bullish on Tony. Realistically, I think he's yeah. the one. But I mean, Rasheed Rice is going to massively outperform Sky Moore. I mean, Sky Moore didn't do fuck all last year. I think what he got like 300 yards cumulative, something like that for sure. Okay, that's moving on to <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Tank Dell went to Houston. Uh, this is kind of a similar situation with um, Bryce Young and Jonathan Mingo. You're going to have C.J. Stroud in rookie minicamp. You're going to have Tank Dell in rookie minicamp. Now, Houston does have a couple more guys that might actually get some run before uh, he would get a chance. They have Robert Woods. They have Noah Brown. They have 
uh, Nico Collins, who's everybody's hoping that this will be finally the year for him. But they did use some pretty decent draft capital on Tank Dell. He's a little undersized, so you know that's going to be a, a struggle for a lot of people to get behind him. But at the same time, he is a perfectionist route runner. I mean, he he's that's where he burns and turns people. And I think C.J. Stroud's going to love having a guy like this on his team because he can throw it to him five yards out and he's going to take it to the house. So Tank Dell is somebody that at least you should get on your teams. I don't know how high he's going to go in uh, drafts. That's going to be interesting to see where the like ADP is for him because in my opinion, it should be like second, back out of the second, early third. But I think people might be totally off of him because, you know, they're like, oh, he's five yeah. nine. I don't want him on my team. But well, his name didn't come up at all, really, during the lead up. You know, the senior bullet came yeah. up and then it was silence until he was drafted, basically. It's true. But he landed in a good spot. Um, all right. Next one is Marvin Mims. He went to Denver. He was the last pick of the second round, I believe. Uh, and Denver has a lot of turmoil going on there jerry judy and Cortland sutton have been on the block for pretty much the entire offseason so far and nobody's traded for them <laughs> and every dynasty so, denver clearly is like i know i've sean payton's come out and said he's not trading either of them but i mean why in the world are those the loudest rumors then of any wide receiver that's going to get traded why is mm-hmm. it jerry judy and Cortland sutton so that's very odd um so I think there's a chance if either of those guys go for Marvin Mims to get in there right away and start working with Denver, Sean Payton picked him, picked him pretty high. So I think that this is a chance that Sean Payton might just like the guy and might try to get him in there. And I think this, you know, a guy that you can get kind of later in dynasty because people are going to see the three people ahead of him and not be all in. So I think this is a guy you could easily get and be useful this year, possibly. Mims, eh? All right. All right. There's a guy whose name I didn't really, I mean, I don't really know anything about. I'm definitely going to be bookmarking him in my drafts because, again, you know, I'm always looking for those upside guys late. Mim sounds like the perfect, perfect guy for that. And, and, you know, when you think, you think market value, he's on Denver too. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of fair weather Denver fans out there. They're quiet in your leagues right now. But if Russell Wilson starts the season five and oh, Marvin Mims is suddenly going to be a hot commodity, whether he did anything or not. You know, all it takes is one catch, and you're going to be able to flip and, you know, flip and grip, you know. So that's how we dynasty around here. So you got to right, think, last, you know, okay, think about the team you ended up on. Denver, those fans are quiet now, but they'll care soon. Think about, you know, when you're dynasty and you're those late picks, these things, these things matter. These are what qualitative variables that make a big difference in fantasy. It's true. It's true. Green Bay fans, same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, just find these fan bases and be like, I know these people – are thirsty for what they want. They're quiet now. They'll come back around. Buy low, sell high. Simple. It's true. All right, the next four I have, it's just basically landing spot, and then we'll kind of go back to the players. So the Giants drafted Jalen Hyatt as their first wide receiver. Wide receiver was a pretty desperate need for them, and so the fact that they felt that Jalen Hyatt was the guy that they wanted to get in there, I think he's going to get a work share pretty right away. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the number one, because Daniel Jones isn't exactly, you know, a throw, you know, a huge thrower, but he still needs a number one. Target. Yeah, you know, but when you're the de facto option, it doesn't, like you said, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, what I mean, like kind of like right. Kenny Pickens. I didn't really realize last year, like Kenny Pickens. You know, I mean, besides Deontay Johnson, when you're just the next guy around, 
you just kind of end up with production. You know, whether right. your team does good or not, it's just like, oh, even if it's not a lot of catches, sometimes these guys end up with a lot of yards because it's like their desperation late game throws. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only guy open. Sure. So, um, next one is Indianapolis. Obviously, you think they need a number one. I also think they need some something else in there, and they got Josh Downs. Uh, from North Carolina. I think that was a perfect spot for him. Um, the the best thing is that Anthony Richardson is going to need a guy like Josh Downs. I mean, he's going to throw some like 50-50 balls, which is what Michael Pittman can only do. Um, but Josh Downs is more of a guy you throw it 10 yards and he takes it another 30 or 40 yards after the catch. So I think Josh Downs is going to get in there and get dirty right away. I mean, <clears throat> I was trying to talk about Isaiah McKenzie because he went in there. He was the only slot receiver. And then they went and drafted Josh Downs to put in that role. So Josh Downs will now be the slot receiver for the Colts. And I think Anthony Richardson's game, especially for the first couple or, you know, for the first season, at least, is going to be a huge slot guy. So Josh Downs is going to be a guy that people need to get on their teams. Yeah, Josh Downs, I mean, again, it's Michael Pittman's. He's had every opportunity with every quarterback under the sun to be special. I was, I said it on the stream the other night. I put on – you can watch three minutes of Garrett Wilson playing football, and you'll see more last year in his one season on the Jets. And you'll see more highlight – you'll see more special things happen than if you watched every single snap of Michael Pittman in the NFL. Sure. Okay, so let's just let's call it what it is at this point. So hopefully Josh Downs can come in there and um, you know light a little fire, uh, maybe be something special. They, they do need you know they just need to beef up that team. They've had the run game for a while now. I mean, by the time the team gets good around him, Jonathan Taylor is going to be gone. So uh, maybe Josh Downs can be that spark. I don't really have any other you know wide receivers I had on my board. Those were mostly all the guys through one, two, and three rounds. Any late flyers that you want to touch on before we move on? We are going to talk about a little bit of defense. Just two because of where they landed. And one's Kayshawn Booty. He went to New England. They do have Juju Smith-Schuster there, but they're going to – Mac Jones – they want Mac Jones to throw the ball more. And Kayshawn Booty will have a chance to be the number two on that team, even though some of the garbage that they have – you know, also there, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, those guys. I think Booty has a chance. And then Michael Wilson for Arizona. If they really are going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, they keep saying they're not. Austin Ford, the GM, continues to say they're not going to. Nobody but... wants him. I hate to be the one to let people know this. Nobody wants DeAndre Hopkins. You, I mean, the Bill, I Bill's, Twitter wants, him. Bill's Twitter wants DeAndre Hopkins. He's still really talented, so I don't really know why. I mean, I guess they don't want to the give up the draft. People, the only people that want DeAndre Hopkins are the Arizona Cardinals in Bill's Twitter. Now, just let that sink in. Okay. I you think Arizona just wants may, may want too much. I think I they may want Bill's to Twitter is thirsty for every good. That. Bill's Twitter is thirsty for every good player that's available or even kind of available. So there's that. Cardinals have some. Poor, piss poor judgment so there's that well fair enough but michael wilson get, is going to get a good opportunity with arizona if they do get rid of him even if they don't he still provides them with a different aspect um to their team that they don't have now he's really tall and you know could get on the field because they got you know slot receiver in hollywood or they could put him on the outside and then they got deandre hopkins but they don't have anybody that's like six three which is what michael wilson brings to the table so <laughs> 
right, we're spot. not going to talk about tight ends because one of my Ten Commandments of fantasy football is we don't talk about rookie tight ends. I mean, we, I've, I've done it once or twice as as a, a favor to people, but it's a waste of fucking time and a waste of energy. So we're going to move on. And we're going to start talking about some defense, all right? So I'm just going to read off uh, my – these are my rough rankings. I know we'll do a real show, a more in-depth show, probably tomorrow or the next day. It's going to be IDP-related as I kind of really solidify this. But I wanted to drop these out there. So these are kind of my rough IDP rankings as they are. I got Will Anderson at the top of the board right now. I got Jack Campbell, Luke Van Ness, Tyree Wilson, Isaiah Foskey. Then I got Brian Branch coming in next, Will McDonald. Miles Murphy and Drew Sanders. Only two linebackers in that group. Drew Sanders coming in for Denver and then Jack Campbell for Detroit. Um, let's just kind of go ahead and talk. A lot of edge rushers got drafted. We know for fantasy purposes, edge rushers take a little while usually to develop and they don't necessarily put up the, the most points for your fantasy team. So usually as a rookie, if you're wanting production, which you can get rookie production, from rookies in IDP, you're looking at your linebackers and your defensive backs. So Jack Campbell is probably, if you need production this season in IDP, Jack Campbell is going to be the guy that I would want to put on my team. Now, long term, you know, if I want to build around my, my edge, Will Anderson is going to be your guy. Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of very clear and apparent. So you're going to have a decision there at the top. Both of these guys don't really have much competition. Um, and both top guys at their respective positions in this class and they're both going to be available to you in your dynasty rookie drafts, you know, probably mid second, maybe even back of the second this year, just because I feel like because of the kind of the weaker nature of the offense, people are going to be trying to get their offensive guys thinking they won't slide as much. Um, what are your thoughts about that kind of first group of guys? Um, you know, with, and then I'll read off my second group. We get into more, some more safeties and linebackers. No, I think, like, the unfortunate part of this year is there's no real, like, big linebackers. I mean, like, I have some written down, but they're kind of shots in the dark, if even that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It's an edge rusher class. Like, if if you need a linebacker, you're in a tough spot because this just wasn't the year for it. Mm -hmm. I think Jack Campbell is going to be the guy that you kind of rely on if you need that. But other than that, you're going to maybe trade. Maybe trade. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Brian Branch. You know, he gets drafted to Detroit, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now they have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Tracy Walker, and they have Brian Branch. I'm not against it. You know, I, I saw some people were a little worried about it. Three safeties, especially on a team that knows how to use all three safeties in a, the right way. And these aren't just safeties. You know what I mean? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson isn't just a safety and Brian Branch isn't just a safety. So I, I don't see them necessarily eating into each other's production per se. I just think their roles are going to be a little more complex to forecast. So a lot of people are going to just try not to or just say it's not going to be very good. Um, I'm still very much in on Tracy Walker and, and I'm in on Brian Branch. Um, I'm a little less in on Chauncey Gardner just because he's a little bit more less of a the tackle guy. He's always, even going back to New Orleans, was a little bit more in, the, in on the big plays, pass deflections, interceptions, forced fumbles. He's a disruptive guy. Still love him, you know, but of the guys in that group, I'll probably, he'll probably be the last one I draft maybe, um, but I think yeah. he has a lot of week-to-week -week upside. Um, any any thoughts about Branch, where he ended up? And, and then the next safety, I guess we'll go ahead Let's just go ahead and talk about this, the safety group, actually. Brian Branch, okay. Sidney Brown, Jatavius oh, yeah. Martin, 
Those were, and then there was Jair Brown. Those are the four defensive backs that I had written down that I think are going to be potential year one impact guys. What do you think? I I have one more to add to that list is uh, Antonio Johnson from, he went to Jacksonville. I'm shocked that he went as far down as he did. I saw that. I saw that was a big story yesterday. Antonio Johnson? Yeah, he plays like a linebacker. Like, he plays like that. So, the fact that nobody thought they could use a guy like him on the team. Now, the the knock on him is that sometimes he's not the best in coverage. But if you're going to have a package where, like, you know, you need to run stop the ball, like, he is a tackle guy. Like, he had over 100 tackles last season. So, like... He, he is a, a guy that you're going to – I don't know. I'm, I don't know what nobody else saw in him that didn't make him go higher in the draft, but I, he needs to be there because Jacksonville is going to use him right away. I guarantee it. Yeah, I saw some stuff that said he was most people's top 50 big board player. Yeah. Um, and I, he went was two in the 200s or something, or was it 170? It was very late. It, um, I I'll have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it was like the fifth or sixth round. I mean, it was really late. Yeah, that's 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 a good player to add on there. Definitely with that defensive back grouping, and you're right because Jacksonville they're they're not a very deep. Uh, Rashawn Jenkins is like their main guy last year. He's like 27, 28. This probably right. takes them out of the Buda Baker sort of you know conversation, um, which I have a bad feeling he's going to end up back with Arizona. Unfortunately, poor guy. Um, yeah. What do you think about Sidney Brown ending up with Philadelphia? I mean, I hate the I, I hate that the Eagles nailed this draft so much because they needed a player like Sidney Brown and it, it fell right to him. And I mean, well, they had to trade up for him, so I don't want to make it seem like that. But they were able to get him into a spot they felt comfortable trading up, and he addresses a need they had right away. I mean, we were wondering what they were going to do to replace Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and they went and got Sidney Brown for it. So it's like, damn, they. I, they they had a frustrating draft for a lot of NFL teams, I'll bet. Yeah, yep. There and Sidney Brown's that you know he when we were at the Senior Bowl, a little smaller. I called him kind mm-hmm. of like a little honey badger type guy, you know. But it's, mm-hmm. like you said, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he's going to slide in, and that's the kind of role that those guys play. They're not going to stop Derrick Henry coming up the middle necessarily. They'll probably try. They'll get in there for the half a tackle, half you know. But they're much more going to be. You don't see him coming, and he picks you off. You know what I'm saying? And it's just because he can cover ground faster than you think uh, because, you know, smaller – I mean, literally, it's physics. Smaller people can move quicker because they can accelerate faster. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. physics. You know what I'm saying? It's just just a different thing, and these guys have different edges. So uh, I think that was a pretty smooth pick, too, by the Eagles. When I saw him went to the Eagles, it was really annoying because it, like, validates – it validates kind of that he's a good player – like yeah. you said, like we kind of thought, but it also is like annoying because it's like, oh, of course, the Eagles get to get him. You know? Dude, like, I'm glad Josh isn't here. The Eagles absolutely destroyed the draft. Like, I, I know that we don't know how these players are going to turn out, so anything could happen. But, like, just in terms of, like, addressing needs as far as, like, making moves that made sense for them, they just completely destroyed this draft. And, like, they even end up with DeAndre Swift in the end. Like, I Man, Howie Roseman knew what he needed to get done in this draft, and he did it. And I just and they basically went undefeated already last season. Yes, and then they let all these players go, and everybody's like, "Well, how are they going to reload? They're letting all these guys go. They're not paying them." And then they just do a draft like this, and it's like, who cares, right? Like, what are we even out here doing? 
It's like the reverse Rams. Like the Rams just like trade and you trade all their picks and get all these guys in there. But like the Eagles are like, we're just going to draft all these players that we need on our team. It's crazy. I just think it's important that everybody remembers that as little as a year ago, there were people that were unironically saying that Aaron Donald was the best player in the entire NFL. Yeah, they did. And I literally haven't his name come up in like three months. <laughs> what, what does that what does that say about you know what does that say about anything right. i don't know i'm just an i'm just a casual observer of the sport I don't oh. know. I like all right it. I well like let's go ahead and touch on the uh you know let's touch on the, the linebackers there's only really four that i had on the on the board that i think are okay. going to be maybe immediately relevant i'm gonna you know obviously when i do my rankings i'll go deeper than that probably like get my top eight to ten i don't go super duper deep i'm not gonna drop you i mean you guys know how it is around here we play to win we don't make fantasy content to like feel good about ourselves because we made fantasy. i'll add my guys in after that if you don't have them yeah and billy's guys will be the guys you know that losers have so um easy to to figure out all right so we got Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, Dayon Haley, which the Chargers, I think he has a chance to be a real big. Nailed it. Yeah. And then Trenton Simpson went to Baltimore, which I saw some rumblings that Patrick Queen might be toodaloo. I I hope so, because I was frustrated with them drafting Simpson, knowing that they have two linebackers there that are definitely ahead of him on the depth chart. So. what I read was they have to decide by tomorrow if they're going to give. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Whatever. You're right. But we're going to find out oh, today what's man. up with Patrick Queen. Um, either way, that's that's good for Trenton Simpson. It's good. I'm, yeah. I'm not down on Patrick Queen by any means, but it's just it's going to shake up that that area. And I think that Simpson's going to be a guy. He'll definitely fall apart into the third or the fourth in rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. And you should probably be targeting him there. Yeah. So, any thoughts on those guys? What what do you think about Dayon Haley? You know, obviously. I I mean, talk about the perfect player for the perfect team. I mean, they do have a couple linebackers there. They still have uh, old boy that's been there for a while. I forgot what this guy's name is. Kenneth Murray, not doing much. Kenneth Murray, and then uh, the guy they just got from Minnesota. Eric Hendricks. Eric Hendricks, yeah. But I, I think developmentally, I think he may end up starting at some point in the season because one of those players not eric kendricks is not the best at uh being a linebacker so uh, and it's frustrating because he did go to oklahoma so i don't want to dismerge him too much but i mean he has not been what he was billed to be and that's very frustrating especially for them because that defense was horrible last season and that was supposed to be the strength of the chargers when they went out and made all those moves last season and it was not it was the opposite of that I don't know how Brandon Staley isn't like on the hot, like isn't constantly talked about he's as a, a guy who's fired. It doesn't make. <laughs> he hasn't done anything good since he's been there. Nothing. Nothing. I thought and he Leo has Mack might have a good year this last year. Nope. Joey Bosa. Yeah. Nope. Nobody. They went out and JC Jackson. JC Jackson was horrible last season. Just horrible. And I mean, maybe it's JC Jackson, but. It can't be that everybody on the team had a horrible season if it's, you know, we got to start. He's not a good coach. It's one of those things where he got hired because he's friends with Sean McVay and they went to the Super Bowl. It's just it's just the NFL media nepotism monster. You know what I'm saying? He coached just... the greatest football player of all time. So, I mean. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. So, so I mean, if you coached him, it's kind of like anybody who coaches LeBron. Like, well, he coached LeBron, so I mean, yeah. So get him in obviously, here. he knows what he's doing. Right. Yep. All okay, right. I have well, two I more. Have, I have two more to add, real quick. Uh, Noah Sewell, Sewell got Sewell got picked up by Chicago. Um, they did just sign two linebackers, so I mean, the chance of him getting on the field this season not really there. But he's a good taxi squad guy because he was he was projected to be one of the uh, first round pick by, at the it, beginning of this past season. So the fact that hmm. you're going to be able to get him you know, potentially undrafted in most rookie drafts, depending on how big the draft is. If it's 10 rounds, probably not. But if it's only like five or six, you'll probably get him. And you can just stash him there, just leave him there. He, you know, let him cook a little bit. And then maybe we can get him in there next season. But he was really good. And I think that he's going to be good. The other one I have is Henry Toyo Toyo from Alabama. He went to Houston. And I think D'Amico Ryans, who also went to Alabama, I think he picked him for a reason. Now, given it was the fifth round of the draft so like not a huge amount of faith but i think the opportunity for that for him to get in there and get his hands dirty right away is higher on houston because i think they you know domingo ryan's is kind of kind of evaluate the defense as a whole because i don't really think other than like petre they have like ingrained starters you know will anderson's in there right away they, they don't I think that he has a chance to uh, make an impact this season. So he's a guy I would look out for. Um, don't know if he's going to get drafted in most you know, leagues, but he's somebody that you can at least stash after I'm drafted free agent. All right. There's a handful of names for y'all on the IDP front. Obviously, like I said, we'll go deeper in on those on its own show. Um, like I said, I'm going to do that either tomorrow or the next day. I'll drop the full rankings. And again, you know, we're not going to, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a master's or doctoral dissertation on these guys. You know, I'm just going to say, you know, how they fit in, kind of what they did in college, maybe look at an early projection. I did want to, from the defensive line spot, there were two other guys, and we kind of just browsed over them, but I missed. I wanted to bring up BJ Ojulari, went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. They need an edge rusher, and I think he's going to get pretty quick, immediate play time. Felix Uzama, Uzamo, I missed his middle-ish name there. But Duque, Duque Uzama. Chiefs took Carl Loftus at basically the exact same pick last year, and he played like 730, 760-some-odd snaps. So even at the end of the first round here, with the departure of Frank Clark, with the departure of Carlos Dunlop, the edge is pretty wide open for the Chiefs. So want to keep an eye on Felix. Also, I just think the name Felix is a good name, so we love bringing him up. And then Nolan Smith dropped to the end of the first round as well. He went to the Eagles we mentioned already. They have needed help with edge rusher for a while. They, you know, people kept trying to say Josh Sweat was good and uh, Barnett, whatever, uh, was good. And that just, you know, and that that worked for a while until Hassan Reddick showed up and was actually good. And you literally never heard those guys' names again. Um and then they brought in um, Quinn. Didn't really work out. He's gone. So I think that there with Nolan Smith, there's a very good chance that he just ends up being that guy that gets out there. Because again, Josh Sweat and Bennett, the only Barnett, the only reason anyone knows who they are is because people like me have to talk about them because they're the guys who play edge there. They're not good. Okay. And Barnett, and then I'll just Barnett's a he's a little bit of a shady player. Um, anyway, anywho, that's it for me. You got any what what? No, I, was... I mean, he 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 did some shady things to Tom Brady. I've seen Bar, I've seen Barnett did. shady things on the field. I like it. 
Um, I just have one more player I want to bring up because I love this player. The whole draft process, loved him during the season. It's Julius Brent. He's a cornerback that went to uh, the Colts. Uh, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. Like, I think that he is going to be the guy that's like, you know, wow, this cornerback has 10 interceptions. Like, I think he's going to be one of those guys where he's going to have that, like, weird year where, you know, he well, gets a lot of interceptions. Look at, his, look, that- at his, look, look at his division. He gets to play against, you know, Stroud. He gets to play against uh, a bunch Trevor of rookies, Lawrence, basically. Young and, kids. Yeah. And then what's it? Will Levis. So, yeah, Will Levis exactly. loves the throw interceptions. Interceptions will definitely be plentiful, <clears throat> but I like Brents. And he, although he's a cornerback, I think he still plays more like a safety. I know they're not ever going to call him a safety, but he can play that position. And I think that he will be a hybrid of sorts. And I think that that will lead to him playing and getting a lot of uh, help. Hopefully, he's not a lockdown corner, which never gets thrown on. But if he is, still going to get some interception opportunities. Excellent, excellent. Had a question here from KJ Fuller. He said, how good can CJ Stroud be? Um, Well, he's in Houston, so, I mean, that's going to limit some of your upside, I think, just in a general sense across the board. Um, I don't know. What what do you you have a CJ Stroud take? How long is it going to take for him to really be good? So the the one thing working against him is that it's a defensive-minded system now. Um, I don't love that from them. I, I think D'Amico Ryans is going to build up a really good defense. He's going to do what they did in San Francisco. That's where he came from. That's where what he learned under. And he learned that you build a really good defense, and then the offense can kind of just do whatever they want. It doesn't really matter as long as we have a good defense. That scares I, me a little bit. Sorry. I want to time out here because this actually comes back to an even more fundamental thing, which I kind of – you know, we're talking defensive players. Defensive players don't view themselves – as doing defensive things they are doing they're attacking edge rushers are attacking the football defensive linemen are attacking the quarterback corners are attacking the you know they're they're bumping and grinding up on wide receivers safeties they are they're hunting you know what i'm saying these guys they don't look at defense they look at the ball and they attack the ball. And I think as fantasy people, we look at offense and defense and we're just like the defenders are defending. Like they're standing back trying to stop things from happening. That's not what they're doing. They are actively engaging in things that we're kind of choosing not to engage in. And when I really kind of realized this was, and I'm sorry, this is a little offbeat, but I was doing some research on, you know, plays on IDP. And I was like, what's the most powerful play in IDP? Well, it's obviously it's a strip sack fumble recovery touchdown and i was like how many points is that it's a buttload of points but i was like why is it so many points it feels so much because you're doing the most impactful play a defensive player can do which is turning over the ball you're doing Mm -hmm. it to the quarterback the hardest player to actually get a hold of and now once you've done that you've the ball's on the ground you are now not just a defensive player you're an offensive player so you pick the ball up and you run to the end zone so now you've done something an offensive player will never do. They're never going to do a defensive, the most meaningful defensive play in football and then immediately follow it up with the most important play in the game, which is score a touchdown. Defenders mm-hmm. are the only guys who can do that. So in reality, they're playing offense just from a fucking handicap almost. You know what I mean? Without the handicap. They're still trying to get the ball. They're still trying to take it to the house every single time. Shout out to Nick Bolton, who should have had two touchdowns in the in the Super Bowl, but whatever, whatever. That shit is meaningful. 
that shit is powerful. And I think that as in fantasy, we just say, oh, defense. But it's like they're defending against that team scoring. But they're still on a team that's trying to score themselves. They're just in a different situation. And it's it's a very interesting sort of thing. And I just want people to kind of remember, like, defensive players are not truly defending the field. They're attacking the other guys trying to disrupt and take the ball back that's the ultimate that's ultimately what they want is to force a turnover whether it be on downs third punt it that's a turnover that's what they're doing they're trying to get the ball back it's an attack so i just think from a psychological fan standpoint um, when you kind of think about things like that it, it, you can you can view the game a little bit from a fantasy point of view it, i i think it's helped me it honestly has helped me watch football differently appreciate plays a lot differently and just like really kind of value some of these players and some of these things that in the past I just didn't really get or didn't think about or didn't engage with because I was just like, it doesn't overly affect me. Um, and I wasn't yeah. forced to think critically about it and evaluate what I thought about it. It's true. Okay. So. Well, circling back I, after that with CJ Stroud, uh, the offensive coordinator that they brought is, was the passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers last season. So I do think that, that will give him a good opportunity to learn the position. And I mean, we kind of saw, I, I think well, funny thing enough is I think CJ Stroud might be the best quarterback this guy has worked with because he was passing game quarter, quarter, you know, coordinator for the 49ers who proc Purdy, you know, we're talking Jimmy Garoppolo. We're talking Trey Lance. I think CJ Stroud's better than all of them. So I think this will give him a good opportunity to see exactly what he's doing or what he can do. So, I don't think that it's necessarily bad. I'm, I'm hoping C.J. Stroud can be what he was during the final game of his college career against Georgia, which was an absolute masterclass against a very, very, very good defense. And I hope that's what C.J. Stroud is. Hopefully, he can use his legs a little bit, be more mobile, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be fine as long as you know they they don't do too much with him. Good. And I, I want to just cap off what I was saying to circle back around, like you said. I was saying because you said D'Amico Ryan is a defensive coach. He's he drafting and getting a defense together offensive-minded. He wants to yep. get the ball back to his offense. So he's mm -hmm. building his defense. He's like, oh, he's getting more opportunities. Maybe they're not going to do – maybe they're not going to, you know, maybe every – you know, only on three out of ten drives are we going to score. Why better make sure this kid gets, you know, 12, 15, you know. I want, how, how can I get 10 extra drives a season, 20 extra drives a season? You know, that's having good defenders, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what I was saying, where it's, it all plays in. You know, defense is part of the offense, and offense is part of the defense. So uh, I think fantasy, we've segmented it off to a point to where, like, our brains are just like, oh, I just get so it just gets so tedious listening to people like, oh, I don't really understand defense, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you just are, you just are choosing not to. Like, there's it's not True. complicated. Like, you're an adult human being. Like, stop talking to me like you're three. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, but this is your life. Like you make sixty thousand dollars a year to talk about this, and you don't know who the backup for Aaron Donald is, the best player in football. You don't Concerning. know who the backup is. Anyway, all right, Caleb. That's why, you... that's why. That's why. Like Mike Clay's like wide receiver cornerback matchups just like blow people's minds. And it's like, well, if you knew the defensive players, you would know what was coming. Like it, it's it's not mind blowing science that Mike Clay's doing. He's just doing he's just learning defense which do it it'll make you better crazy. fantasy football player it'll be crazy a crazy concept to understand the players better fantasy football if you knew them 
how dare you how dare you challenge me <laughs> how dare you challenge me to be a better person don't you know that right. i have seven thousand words to write about b john robinson in atlanta don't you know that that's true don't you know people need more b john robinson analysis all right dude we should we expect Deion hanley to take over yes Ken kenneth murray's dead garbage okay? i all but said it earlier but i can't do that to my boy kenneth murray that, but that drew tranquil type numbers that's that that's the that's the dream. Yeah, yeah that's the dream. It is. I hope so. How do you feel about Daxton Hill? I I haven't really felt any type of way, but I mean obviously the, the, the that feeling of not feeling anything is growing into a feeling of feeling something. The thing I don't love is that they went out and got Jordan Battle from Alabama and he's a safety. Um don't love that because that makes me feel like there's a little bit of a competition um just starting out, but We'll, we'll see as camp goes on. That's going to be one to monitor, I feel like, as the summer goes on, uh, what they do at safety in Cincinnati. Yeah, I know. They got rid of their main stage there with Von Bell and Justin or Jesse Bates. I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mace is a big fan of Daxton Hill. Um, so, oh, you can see He was a first-round pick last year from uh, Michigan, and a lot of people, you know, he's been a taxi squad darling for, you know, since he got drafted. Well, but go. we'll Spark him up. Spark him up, boy. See how he burns. Whoa, you guys are up early, bro. We're up. We're up early all the time. We just do. We never stuff. sleep. Twenty-four hour stream. Just kidding. Yeah, the stream. Yeah, we never stop. <laughs> We've been going since the draft started Thursday. All right. Well, I don't have anything else. I think we did a pretty good job, just as a general overview of the of the you know, you know top ten, top fifteen kind mm -hmm. of things to look at situations, players, whatever. Um. We're going to be on the channel recapping all the rankings over the next week. You know what I'm saying? I'll go through each position. I'm going to tell you who to look for in your rookie drafts. If you are not in the Discord, go join the Discord right now. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Get on Discord or on Twitter at us. We answer all the questions, okay? We don't ignore you. I've been in sure. – I mean, it's depressing out here in some of these huge Discords, y'all. I mean, people begging for fantasy advice, you know, with 80, 90 analysts just cruising through there and saying shit in months. So we don't we don't play it like that. If y'all want some real help, come through. We will help you make the right draft pick. We will help you avoid the landmines that the 80% of the consensus will push. We will help you find those contrarian picks that are going to get you that upside. It's going to differentiate your teams and really set you up to, you know, be that winner. We know you are. So mm -hmm. any final uh, any final thoughts or words before we send the people out of here? I'm glad you asked. So, if we can just quickly rank the tight ends. Dalton Kincaid to Buffalo, good guy. Sam Laporta to De uh, Detroit, fills a need. Michael Mayer to Oakland, fixes Darren, Darren Waller's absence. Luke Shoemaker for Dallas, they needed a tight end. I know he's just another name on the board, but he is there, and I like that. So, those are the four tight ends I got. All right. Just remember, if you use a rookie pick. Don't start him, though. <laughs> If you use a rookie pick on a rookie tight end, you're going to get exactly what you deserve. So. Don't get Kincaid. He's going to go really high. Don't get him. But Or Michael Mayer probably will go too just because he's a name. But Sam Laporta and Luke Shoemaker, like, take those guys late. Back on all those guys in two years. Two years. Well, they'll be on a team, so you're going to have to trade for them, unfortunately. No, they'll be, on, they'll be out there. They'll be out like Tyler Conklin, just out there floating around the waiver wire. Top 14, top 12 tight ends. They're free. All right, y'all. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure that you leave a comment. Tell us who your rookie sleeper is. 
and we will be back soon. Offense, defense, special teams, IDP, best ball, dynasty, the whole bit. Peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.